This episode of the OP Radio Podcast, sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code OP to try it for free. I love the Blue Chew, and you will too. What's up, everyone? Good morning. Hope you had a great weekend, man. I'm sitting out here on the beach getting bit by mosquitoes. It, it's it's too hot to have mosquitoes out on the damn beach. Got one on my, uh, my elbow, one on my ankle. When they hit that bone, man, those things will itch forever. Happy Monday to you, Efren. And what's up, Tim Hicks and Mary Miller? What's going on, Terry Arter and Eric? And Marcio and Chuck, what's going on? You liked the last episode of the OP Radio Podcast with Steve the Whistler? Thank you, sir. A little blast from the past. Dug up some audio from the Opie and Anthony show, uh, 2002. This guy, Steve the Whistler, comes in. We used to book these guys, uh, and we would call it Bad Guest Day. Um, but unfortunately, the bit went away because... Everything got so corporate, and if you were fucking with one guest, the people that represented that person uh, also had a whole bunch of other guests that they would now make sure would never do your radio show. But it kind of sucks that that bit went away because um, it was so much fun. Because there were so many of these these guests that wanted to come on that just were just not right for the type of radio we were doing. So we always spun it, and uh, one of the more famous ones was Steve the Whistler. Did a mosquito just bite my nose? Hold on a minute. Oh my god, I got bit on the side of my nose. <sighs> and now I got bit on my hip. Ah. Oh my god, I got... Yeah, I got welts all over my body. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, anyway, so we would do Bad Guest Day and this guy, Steve the Whistler, really nice guy and really talented, but... I don't know what you could do with a whistling talent, to be honest with you. And he came in with uh, CDs, and he would whistle along to the CDs. And uh, the beauty of the Opie and Anthony show back then was the chemistry. The unspoken chemistry, by the way. Because we knew we were going to do something with Steve the Whistler, but we weren't really sure. And by the end of that bit, everyone played their roles perfectly. Perfectly, I played my role perfectly. Anthony played his role perfectly. Jim Norton played his role perfectly. All the people behind the scenes, everyone got on the same page and went, ah, this is what we're doing. Um, really good guy. And all he wanted was <laughs> the New York audience. I think we were syndicated at that point. So we were in a whole bunch of cities. All he wanted was a bunch of cities to hear his unique talent of whistling along to, I think, show tunes. And uh, he was in for 30 or 40 minutes, and he just wanted to believe that all the shit that was happening and going wrong during his appearance were just technical difficulties that we were going to figure out. (laughs) But then everything got corporate. It just sucks. I remember um, Kristen Bell called the radio show to promote a movie. And we were in the middle of just a really, really good radio show. This was when we were at SiriusXM. 
So I just quickly asked her if she was, I don't know, excited about the movie or whatever. And then I quickly went, okay, great, and hung up on her. The interview was literally 10 seconds long. And it got one of the biggest laughs ever on the radio show. And we had a live studio audience. Everyone enjoyed the hell out of that. Uh, we got to interrupt this uh, news story. We got a, a big star on the, on, the, on the phone. Kristen Bell, the, uh, the star of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Kristen. Yes. Congratulations on the new movie. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Awesome. So Roland is in cardiac arrest. Best celebrity interview ever, ever. All right, so uh, 92 year old man, home. That was really hard to <laughs> And then behind the scenes, all hell broke loose. Oh, Kristen Bell's people are mad, blah, blah, blah. And they represent blah, and blah, and blah, and blah, and blah, and blah. And now none of those people will come on your radio show. And my thought at the time was who gives a fuck? As long as we're entertaining our audience, I don't, I don't care who comes on our dumb radio show. But unfortunately, with satellite radio, they really moved into the whole celebrity culture, and they were all about getting as many celebrities on their channels as possible. But unfortunately, like, uh, Bad Guest Day kind of went away because everybody was represented by somebody, and somebody was going to get pissed off if you said the wrong fucking thing or made fun of the person for for just, just having a who-gives-a-fuck thing to promote. It's too bad. That 4th of July uh, was crazy, huh? Everyone just saying, fuck it. Everyone just saying, you know what? I got to live my life. (laughs) I got in a confrontation right on this beach, matter of fact. Uh, I was setting up with the family. We're still just family for the most part. We got friends, but... Uh, they have to stay a fishing pole lengths away from us. And I'll hold my pole. And uh, I'm kind of a dick on this beach because we're lucky. We're very, very fortunate. I understand that. A lot of people, it's summer. You want to be out there. Unfortunately, there's nowhere you could go uh, that there won't be a lot of people around you. So it's, it's scary. I get it. But out here, I'm just lucky. We could be on the beach every day and really not see anybody. So these assholes, right over there, if you're watching the video, right over there, family of 10 or 12, and I'm sitting on my family over here, pretty much where I'm sitting, and uh, they were leaving the beach to go get something. Maybe they have a house around here or something, or maybe they went into town to get lunch. I heard they were taking, like, uh, lunch orders. I'll have a hamburger, I'll have a hot dog, but make sure they burn it. And make sure they're not stingy on the sauerkraut. I love a lot of sauerkraut on my hat, dog. You know, they're just babbling and taking fucking lunch orders, right? And the two that went to get the, you know, the lunch, they walk right by me. So, look, man, I'm taking the coronavirus very, very seriously. And anyone that has had a family member get this thing or a friend get this thing... And sadly, I know there's probably a few of you listening to this right now. You've probably had someone die from this thing. You know how serious this damn virus is. And I'm still taking it very, very seriously. 
So these people walk in right by me, two, three feet away, and I just go, too close. And the guy goes, excuse me? I go, too close. So I go, I'm taking the coronavirus very seriously. And the guy goes, then why are you on a public beach? And I go, because I live here, you idiot. <laughs> so so they walk away. They walk away really, really bad. You know, you, you can't. You can't call out anyone uh, anymore because they just get instantly mad. And I know they're going to come back and it's going to be a problem. I already know. Fast forward about an hour. They come back with the hot dogs and the hamburgers. And at this point, I got my my wife and my kids. We're all set up nice. We're trying to enjoy the the beach and we're staying uh, pretty far away from everybody else. He goes back to his family, which is in a crowded area. This whole area was just crowded with people. They don't give a fuck about the coronavirus. They put their goddamn time in. I'm going to enjoy my summer. And uh, now they're leaving the beach a few hours later. Like, they're kind of giving us, like, you know, the stare and the dirty looks that you do, right? And my wife is sitting up here. I'm uh, fishing over there. Uh, My kids are uh, in the water, so I'm fishing and watching them. And they start walking by. And now they start saying stuff like, that's, that's, uh, that's where the guy was that's saying we were too close. We were too close. <laughs> we're too close. Oh, God. Too close. Like, they're mocking the fact that I'm taking the coronavirus seriously, right? So my wife starts looking at him. Uh, because she's from Philly. She don't fucking play. And uh, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, my God. She's looking at us. She's looking at us. That must be his wife. They're looking at us. <laughs> so my my wife gets up, and I'm like, "Oh boy, here we go," you know. But uh, more or less, we're pretty uh, we're pretty zen these days. I've seen my wife uh, have like at times bigger balls than me, but she gets up and she starts walking toward them. I'm like, "Oh boy, here we go," you know. And then she kind of walks the other way. She, and later on, she goes, I was thinking about it, but I decided, you know, it was best to just leave them alone. But I saw this whole fucking thing. So I jump up and I run over to him. I'm like, is there a problem? Is there a problem? And the guy's like, eh, too close, <laughs> too close. He's mocking me, right? I go, none of you guys are tough guys. None of you. So knock off the tough guy act. And next thing you know, they're looking at me in shock, right? And I'm like, hmm, what, what can I do? Uh, you know, most of you guys know I'm kind of an asshole. So I go, I'll be right back. And I start walking away, you know? I start walking uh, toward the houses. <laughs> they go, <laughs> they go, where are you going? You know, like I'm leaving the situation, you know, after telling them that the tough guy act isn't working. I go, I'm going to get my gun. <laughs> My wife looks looks at me like, what the fuck? Oh, I'm hiccuping. So, so next thing you know, they, they, uh, it wasn't a slow walk, it, but they weren't running, but they quickly left the beach. Now, I'm here to say, because there's a lot of assholes out there, um, do I have a gun? Yes, I have a gun. Was I actually getting the gun? No, I was not getting the gun. But it was my way of just being a complete and utter asshole after these guys were, you know, doing their tough guy act. 
so I'm dealing with it here, even though there's not a lot of people around in general, you know? I mean, there's people that just don't give a fuck about the coronavirus anymore, and now it's come down because that asshole Donald Trump, and I know you, there's a bunch of you guys that love the Trumpster, but he's just a fucking asshole because, you know, he could he could fight the left and he could he could uh, campaign uh, against Biden and and God bless him, but he's got to bring us all together and basically tell the the country and he sort of is because a bunch of the GOP are are heading in that direction, uh, but he's got to tell everyone that wearing a mask it could save your fucking life. You know, then we can fight politics, but let's not make the mask a political issue. It's so fucking stupid. And then it doesn't help that he said, well, 99.9% of the people that get the coronavirus will be just fine. There's not a doctor out there that's agreeing with that. Oh, boy, I just lost you, right? I lost you because I'm talking about Trump. I understand. You rah-rah Trumpsters are out there. <sighs> Steve writes, you own a water gun? <laughs> yeah, I didn't say what kind of gun. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was getting my water gun. <laughs> Speaking of guns, if your gun is more like a water pistol, pew, 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 pew. And you want it to be more like Rambo. You might want to try the Blue Chew. Although people with uh, normal functions, they also try the Blue Chew. Why not? We're in the middle of a damn pandemic. Whatever it takes. Guys, now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Listen up. It's BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. B-L-U-E. BlueChew.com. And if you throw in the promo code OPI, you get to try it for free. It's the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew, made in the good old U.S. of A. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. Cheaper than a pharmacy. They prepare and ship right to you in a discreet package. No awkwardness, and you don't need to leave the house. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, you know, pew, 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 to... (laughs) Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Look, here's the deal. Try it, man. Try it for free. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code OPIE. O-P-I-E. Just pay the $5 shipping. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Use the promo code OPIE. O-P-I-E at BlueChew.com. <sighs> it's getting exhausting. Every day you wake up and people are pulling statues down. I, I've never looked at a statue in my life. Oh, what is this statue? And you sit there and read it? Who reads what the statue's about? I honestly didn't even know half the, half the statues were from the Civil War. I had no idea. I just thought they looked beautiful. And in some video games over the years, I'm trying to remember the one I used to play where you had to hide. There was a mission in Washington. You had to hide behind the statues. It was part of the mission. That's all I remember about statues. Just had to itch my eyelid because I think I got another mosquito bite. But uh, Trump 2020, there you go, Philip. I'll give you equal time. It's what I like about my podcast. I give you guys equal time. I don't think Biden's ready to be the president of the United States of America. 
Uh, but people are like, yeah, but hope, you know, yeah, it's obvious that he's in the early stages of dementia. And when he talks, it feels like at any second the wheels are going to fall off. But he's going to hire some decent people around him. And that's why it's important that we put Biden in the White House. And I'm like, yuck. Yuck to both of them. Yuck. But these stupid statues, man, I, I don't know. Maybe they belong in a museum. I, I, I've never thought about it. Because guess what? When I was growing up, it was okay to lose. When I was growing up, when you got a statue slash trophy, it meant you accomplished something. These kids today, I'm starting to think that growing up where everyone gets a trophy, they're looking at these statues and they're getting fucking triggered because they mean nothing to them. I think that's where this is coming from. I understand we got to change some things in America. I do agree with that to a point. But now we're losing our fucking minds. I know there's problems with the police. And then you say yes to some bad apples. Like, bad apples? It's way worse than that, Hope. And then now we're defunding the police all over the country. Did you read the papers this morning? Crime is going up all over the place. So that's not the solution, obviously. You can't have cops killing uh, black men all over the country, but you can't defund the police either. The answer is somewhere in the middle there. Shootings up all over the country. My God, man, crazy. That's kind of funny because Trump's like, you know, uh, what are you doing, executive order? He's like, if you you deface or take a statue down, you get like a minimum of 10 years in jail. And he's like, that should take care of the problem. Oh, my God. More statues were taken down in the last few days since he signed that executive order. People are like, oh, yeah, now watch what we do. This country is really off the rails. And, man, I'm here for the ride. It's kind of exciting. I'm not going to lie to you. You got the sports they're trying to they're trying to open up, right? Baseball, you got the Major League Baseball players testing positive for coronavirus left and right, and you got a bunch of players that are saying, you know what, I, my family comes first, and I love those guys. God bless you. Your family should come first. And they're like, so I'm sitting out this Major League Baseball season, and I'm like, you know what, that's the right thing to do. But players are, are being... Um, tested and they're testing positive for the coronavirus I, I don't I don't know how you open up sports again I don't know how you 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 try to say it's going to be safe how the hell is the NBA going to open up they were showing LeBron James and he had a mask on at practice and supposedly he was um he kept the mask on during practice and I'm thinking to myself if major league baseball players are testing positive for the coronavirus what hope does the NBA have those guys are in close contact with each other. The entire game sweating their asses off, huffing and puffing because, man, I played basketball running up and down the court, you know, for uh, 48 minutes of game time is completely exhausting. And you're really breathing heavy. So I don't know how uh, most of the NBA doesn't get the coronavirus by opening up uh, the NBA. I, it's insane that they're trying to do this. There's, there's no real cure for the coronavirus unless we really take it seriously and try to social distance and try to wear our masks whenever we can and don't pull it down off your nose because you can't breathe. 
this thing is going to just be with us and haunt us for a while. It's a nightmare. Hockey is trying to open up, and they're going to Canada because uh, the cases in uh, Canada are very, very low. So I think they picked two cities to try to finish uh, the NHL season. Maybe that'll work. I don't know. But, I mean, if baseball's having a problem already, I, I, I see baseball opening up. It'll be really interesting to watch a few games without the crowd, and then you're going to realize how boring baseball really is when you don't have that crowd noise pumping up everything. Oh, a pitching change. Oh, my God, this is the most exciting thing ever. No, it's just that the crowd is doing the dumb wave or we're singing along to Sweet Caroline. You take all that shit away from baseball, you realize, wow, this fucking sport sucks. This thing stinks. <laughs> oh, and I noticed they left all the homo stuff in baseball. Not that there's anything wrong with the homo stuff. I'm just saying. You're not allowed to spit anymore. You can't uh, do uh, uh, chewing tobacco. Uh, you can't do high fives or touch another player. But guess what they left? You're still allowed to pat the guy on the ass. And they're allowing the players to still shower. Optional, of course. But you're still allowed to shower. <laughs> with everybody else naked. So they left showering naked and they left patting the butts in baseball, but they got rid of everything else. <laughs> you can't even uh, you can't even uh, chew sunflower seeds. But man, if that guy uh, hits a home run, you can pat him on the ass. <laughs> I used to hate that. Played sports my whole life. I'm like, why are you patting me on the ass? Because I just shot a three-pointer. Although it wasn't a three-pointer when I was growing up. We did not have the three-point line yet. It's too bad we didn't because that was my uh, that was my area of expertise. Or maybe I should say expertise. Sports are done. There you go, Travis. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you do it. The NBA's get open up. They're sweating all over each other, touching each other. That's how they defend each other. Running up and down the, the, the court, breathing really, really heavy. And they're assuming that that's not going to spread the coronavirus among all the players? That's nuts! I wondered what you considered the homo stuff. Mike Schmitz. I'm, I'm just being a dick. Sorry, Mike. It's okay if you're gay. Or maybe you're not. Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm just trying to make some dumb jokes. That they really took it very seriously, what you can and can't do as they open up the baseball season, but they left patting the butt in <laughs> and showering after the games. <laughs> I told you guys, I was um, I was a runner and I was a basketball player where my two main sports that I played for, um, you know, I played in high school and, and um, college. Although uh, the college career, I snapped my ankle on a, one of those dumb rubber floors that didn't have any give. I planted my left foot, and I snapped my ankle in front of everybody. And that was it for my basketball career. I was like, fuck this shit. But anyway, over the years, um, I, uh, I reached puberty a, a bit on the late side. So I hated showering after gym, man. I went to class all sweaty with my balls now itching because I just sweat for the last two hours. Um, and then I would shower at home. But these guys, and I noticed it was always the well-endowed guys in school. they like, I don't give a fuck. I'll shower in front of all you motherfuckers. <laughs> but I felt like I, uh, I had nothing to offer to the game. <laughs> 
my dick was still in the minor leagues. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't play with the pros. There was a guy that I uh, ran cross country with in college. This guy, no joke, soft, had a 12-incher. And he wore it proud in the showers. He wanted to show it off. And I'm telling you, Mike, are you... Oh, wait, Mike. Hey, no, man. I was wondering where you were going. Oh, okay. So Mike Schmidt's uh, not gay. Look, we don't we don't mind if you're gay, though, Mike. You sure you're not? <laughs> I'm kidding. So this guy, uh, I would see him in the bars, you know, and we were teammates, and he, he was a ladies' man. So I don't think it was I don't think it was a gay thing. I think he was like, I got a 12 inch soft one, and I'm gonna show everybody. I don't give a fuck. And then every once in a while, I did have to shower because I had somewhere else to go. And I would have to, like, wait and then get the shower way in the corner and make sure they could only see my ass. I would never turn around and arch back and, and, you know, rinse my hair. So I probably left with shampoo in my hair as well. But then uh, nature took over. I ain't leaving you with that part of the story. Then nature took over. And I'm proud to say the Opster uh, does just fine now. But man, 18 when I needed it. Oh boy. Oh boy, it was like my tomato plants. A bit on the wilted wilting side. <laughs> uh, what's up, Brian Bernard? Morning back at you. Hey Wayne Buatkins, how are you? I hope you had a, a great fourth of July. That's right, Blue Chew to the rescue, Ken. Love the Bluetooth.com. Promo code Opie to try it for free. Oh, yeah. Vincent goes, no doubt the fourth was a social breakout. Hence the fireworks. Yeah, man, people finally said, you know what? Fuck it. I, I don't get it. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't get it. And this is, doesn't come from um, where I lean politically, although I try to tell people I, uh, I'm more of a moderate, a libertarian than anything else. I like um, I like some of the issues on both sides. Uh, I really believe in the women should have um, the choice to do whatever the fuck they should do with their damn bodies. I think the gun thing's a little out of control, to be honest with you. But I'm also smart enough to know that, um, you know, uh, the time to take care of that uh, passed us a long, long time ago. A long time ago. And then I don't believe in the uh, the cancel culture at all. Not at all. And I defend everybody when it comes to that. I don't give a fuck uh, what side they lean. I defend the people that are getting canceled for shit. Especially stuff they did a long, long time ago. I think that's complete and utter horse shit. I think taxes in this country are out of control. I want to keep more of my money. Or if you're going to force me to pay a ridiculous amount of taxes, at least let me choose who I give it to. That would be nice. Then it wouldn't hurt as much. So anyway, I, I with that said, um, it's just so sad. And I said this months ago that we were making the mask a political issue. And I, I, I don't know why we would do that to ourselves. It's just, I, I don't get it. And it comes down to this. You, you know, you don't want to wear a mask and you want to be in a pool party with a thousand people singing a goddamn Guns N' Roses song. So be it. But then when you leave and you see some family on the sidewalk as you're going back to your car and they're scared and they got their masks on, maybe uh, respect that. 
and maybe make sure you're a good six to eight feet away from them and maybe try not to point at them and mock them from wearing a mask. That's all. I would like everyone to wear a mask, but I'm not going to yell and scream at you if you're not. That's your choice in the good old U.S. of A. But just stay away from the people that are are, uh, mask wearers. I told my wife, though, over the weekend, I said, look, at this point, I have no doubt we're all going to get the coronavirus, sadly. Um, The best we could hope for in my family is that uh, we get it when the drugs are way better. That's that's it. I, I, I don't see how you avoid it at this point. I don't see. Because greed is getting the best of us. You know, they're hinting that they want to open up my kids' schools in the fall. And that that's not about uh, the schools thinking that it's safe to do so. It's all about them saving the damn schools. Because in New York City, I got the hell of putting my kids um, in private school. It's what you do. I got the means, but it really is what you do in New York. There are more kids in private school in Manhattan than in the public school system. And so all these private schools, they're scared shitless that their school's going to go away. So they're making believe that um, it's going to be safe to reopen in the fall. They're going to kind of give you a choice, I guess, but I don't know. And then finally, um, I saw uh, I saw a decent documentary on Netflix. It was about Queen and Adam Lambert. Did you know he was gay? Oh, my God. God. Um, maybe too much gay stuff in this podcast. I'm a fan. I mean, I'm not a fan in that way, but I'm, but I'm a fan. But anyways, um, so Freddie Mercury dies in, uh, what was it, 91, 92, for all the music people out there. And they were a massive band, and uh, they were probably the biggest band in the world when Freddie Mercury died. They They were playing in front of just an insane amount of people and Freddie Mercury was incredibly talented his voice range was ridiculous he could do a disco song he could do a pop song he could do a rock song or a rock anthem he could do opera I mean simply put I don't think there's anyone that comes close to what Freddie Mercury accomplished vocally although Adam Lambert comes close and that's why this documentary on Netflix is really really interesting turns out Adam Lambert when he was on American Idol, and he came in second place, which was uh, ridiculous. I was sort of still watching American Idol at that point. But for the finale, they bring out uh, the remaining members of Queen and the two finalists, Adam Lambert and the guy who won. And honestly, I don't even know who it is anymore. Uh, so they did Adam Lambert a favor. I think he became a bigger star because he didn't win American, uh, American Idol. But anyway, they had to sing along to... Queen, uh, we are the champions, I believe. And Queen went, damn, man, maybe we could do something with this Adam Lambert. And they tried over the years after Freddie Mercury died. They had all sorts of people fill in for Freddie Mercury because they really wanted to go on as a band or at least play the the old songs. Uh, I'm not really sure if they ever really attempted to, to play new songs. And, you know, Queen was on Broadway and I, I think uh, Paul Rogers toured with Queen for a couple of years, and that was successful for a bit. But anyway, so the uh, American Idol finale, um, Queen plays with the two finalists, and Adam Lambert just crushes it. And Queen's looking at this guy like, 
damn, man. I mean, no one could replace Freddie Mercury, but this is pretty damn close. So long story short, Adam Lambert had about a year. He had to do some shit for American Idol, and Queen kept in touch with Adam Lambert. And you fast forward, and they finally said, fuck it, let's do it. And Adam Lambert uh, is pretty much doing a great job filling Freddie Mercury's shoes. And um, and the band, for the last few years, have been playing sold-out shows all over the fucking world. Um, the documentary was pretty damn good. I liked it. Oh, my God. I was going to talk about the Shannon Hoon documentary, but it says 5% left on my uh, my phone. So I know this is going to crap out any second. Hell of a way to do a podcast, huh? There's uh, uh, a documentary out. It's really hard to find. It's on Relics. Um, and it's about Shannon Hoon's life. Interestingly enough, he died in 95. Uh, he died shortly after Kurt Cobain. And I thought he was in the 27 Club, but he was actually 28 years old. And the cool thing about Shannon Hoon, I'll, I'll go quick because my phone's dying. He was friends with Axl Rose. And uh, Axl Rose and him came from... Um, small towns in Indiana right next to each other I think and Axel Rose was friends or maybe dating Shannon Hoon's sister and Shannon Hoon went out to LA to try to be a rock star and um, Shannon Hoon's sister called up Axel Rose and, and basically said could you you know watch out for my brother a little bit and Axel did and they became friends and what a lot of people don't know Shannon Hoon harmonized on a bunch of songs on Use Your, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 with Guns N' Roses. And a lot of people were like, who the hell is this uh, this new member of Guns N' Roses? I don't know if uh, a lot of people even know this. And he toured with them a bit and, and would go on stage and play um, and sing songs with them. He famously got arrested for delivering a pizza naked because he lost a bet to Axl Rose in the middle of a show in front of, I don't know, like 100,000 people. Shannon Hoon comes out with just a, a box of pizza completely <laughs> naked. <laughs> and he got arrested immediately. But anyway, so Shannon Hoon um, was truly a rock star. It's sad because a lot of people that don't really know their music, they uh, look at Blind Melon as a one-hit wonder, which is too bad because the band itself was really good, really tight, and Shannon Hoon absolutely was a rock star. If you really want to go deep with uh, Blind Melon, listen to a song called Changes, I think, that Shannon Hoon wrote. Uh, He didn't write um, No Rain, by the way. Uh, I think the guitarist uh, wrote that. But anyway, I'm babbling. So this, this documentary is fascinating because Shannon Hoon, way back when um, it was really hard to record yourself, he re- recorded his life all the way up to his death, basically. So he recorded um, the rise in the band to, to superstardom and then his problems with addiction and blah, blah, blah. Right up to the day he died, more or less, he was filming stuff around him and... Um, and documenting everything, and they made a documentary out of it, and uh, I think it's called All I Could Say, and it's uh, it's damn good. Well, we could talk about it more on the next episode of the Opie Radio podcast, but oh my God, this thing is about to die. Guys, thanks for joining me on the Facebook Live. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Opie Radio podcast. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, man. It's getting tougher and tougher to keep this free because the bandwidth is just crushing me i got advertisers i'm trying to i'm trying to cover the bandwidth i don't really need to make a lot of money but i i I don't want to watch thousands of dollars going away every month uh so all i say is uh if you can support the sponsors bluechew.com try it for free with the promo code opie i'd appreciate it 
or go buy a dumb shirt. We'll pump up the merch uh, soon, opiradio.com. Only if you can. If you can't, I get it, and that's fine. And uh, I, I will try to keep this fucking thing um, free. But maybe a little, a little help would be nice. Okay? Not crying poverty, you asshole hater. Just talking about reality here, you dick. All right. All I could say in my life is pretty grand.